Welcome to Sunday Night Novi. Sunday Night Novi is an ongoing presentation of the Weiss Entertainment Network, 613, on your dial. Tonight's uh, share, Prophetic Vision in the 21st Century, the message of Navi and Rishonim, the story of the Book of Shmuel. The series will focus on how Shmuel Novi, the author of the Book of Shmuel, sent us many messages for our times. Uh, the series is dedicated to Zechah Nishnam, been our mayor. Uh, tonight, sadly, um, the last few weeks, I had uh, dedicated the shir uh, for one of the teachers in my school, Yaakov uh, um, Unfortunately, uh, tonight, um, she passed away this week. Um, and uh, and so tonight, we'll, we'll, we'll learn in, in, her, in her memory. It's Yaakov. Um, the family is uh, sitting shiva tonight uh, for her. I had uh, the opportunity actually to be masked her at the Levaya. Lo- really a lovely woman who cared a lot about children and cared a lot about education and and cared about building families and Klal Yisrael and, and really was a we did a proper tribute to her this past week at her Levaya. Anyway, too young, too young. Um, I, I need to share with you uh, Rabbi Sachs, um, if you have not had a uh, anything, if you have not read anything that Rabbi Sachs has written, you are uh, absolutely depriving yourself of brilliance of this generation. Um, so, so I, I highly recommend. Uh, and if, if you want to, if you want to understand who he is and, and what his impact was, so Google Shloshim of Rabbi Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, Prince Charles. Yes, you heard me, Prince Charles. There's a Shloshim that speech that Prince Charles gave. In memory of Rabbi Sachs, it is it is absolutely moving to hear how he talks about Rabbi Sachs. Anyway, anyway, so Rabbi Sachs, uh, really on this week's parsha. Yesterday we read. Um, I know I did not plan it this way, but uh, we read Vayovo Amalek Vayilachem in Israel Berifidim. So we read we read the story of Amalek uh, in the Chumash. And, and and we read uh, some of the sukkim that I've quoted over the last couple of weeks um, that Hashem's name won't be complete. That's all, that's all this week's parsha. Uh, somebody asked me this morning about can you be Yotzeh parsha Zohar with Vayavu Amale. So in fact, that is the Shita of the Mogin of Ram. The Mogin of Ram writes that, that if, you, if you miss Zohar on, and you, when you're in Shul on Purim morning when they lay in Vayavu Amale, um, it could be Yotzeh parsha Zohar. Uh, the general ex- um, accepted consensus of postcube is not like the Mogin of Ram, that you have to hear 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 the actual reading of Zohar from Parshas Kiseitze. However, there is no actual obligation to specifically be Yodse this mitzvah on the Shabbos before Purim. Uh, the Gemara at the end of Megillah, which we, we just finished the daf uh, the other day, um, the Gemara describes how, how that the, the Takana of Parshas Zohar was to be Makish Zechira Liasiyah, that we want to first talk about how we should remember Amalek and then, then read a story where we defeated Amalek 
i.e. Homan. That's why the Gemara, that's why we pass in the Halacha, that even though Purim falls out on Friday like it did last year, and even though technically Shabbos is is Shushan Purim, and 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 really would have been great to, to read Parsha Zohar together with Shushan Purim. The Gemara says, no, Zechira first. So, we, so even in that scenario, we read Parsha Zohar on the Shabbos before Purim. Now, says Rabbi Sachs. Rabbi Sachs says, there's, a, there's an interesting phenomenon in the Torah. The Torah tells us to remember Amalek and destroy Amalek. But what about the Mitzvah? If you had to categorize, where was the experience worse? Was it Amalek or was it Mitzrayim? So I think to me, the no-brainer answer was Mitzrayim. Because Mitzrayim lasted 210 years. Okay, the, the slavery wasn't all 210 years. Many people say it was only it was 186 years. That that that's that's certainly uh, true. But the Mitzrayim's experience should have been worse. Amalek was one attack, and the Mitzrayim was many many years of of suffering. Yet the Torah tells us that we're not supposed to hate the Mitzrayim. In fact, after a certain amount of generations, we accept Gerim for the Mitzvah. As opposed to Amalek, where, 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 where they're, we're told to destroy them. So, as Rabbi Sachs writes, we are, not, we are commanded not to hate Egypt, but never to forget Amalek. What's the difference? The simplest answer is to recall the rabbi's statement in the ethics of the fathers. If love depends on a specific cause, when the cause ends, so does the love. But if the love does not depend on a specific cause, then it never ends. The same applies to hate. When hate depends on a specific cause, it ends once the cause disappears. Causeless, baseless hate lasts forever. The Egyptians oppressed the Israel, Israelites because in Pharaoh's words, the, the Israelites are becoming too numerous and strong for us. Their hate, in other words, came from fear. It, it, it was not irrational. You also see that by um, Balak, right? Right. Bilam is punished because Bilam should have done what he did. But Balak is not punished because Balak acted out of fear that he was concerned, even though his fear was wrong because they weren't going to attack him because it was Moab. But but he felt that he was, he saw what happened to Og and he saw what happened to Sicho and he was legitimately in, in a state of fear. Not only that, he's rewarded because he gave Corbanos. So, so, so it's a whole different ballgame. So the Egyptian ha- had been attacked and conquered before by a foreign group known as the, the, the Hyksos, and the memory of the period that was still acute and painful. The Amalekites, however, were not being threatened, not, not by the Israelites. They, they attacked the people who were weary and worn out, specifically those who were lagging behind. In short, the Egyptians feared the Israelites because they were strong. The Amalekites the Amalek attacked the Israelites because they were weak. In today's terminology, the Egyptians were rational actors. The Amalek was not. With rational actors, there can be negotiated peace. People engaged in conflict eventually realize that they are not only destroying their enemies, they are destroying themselves. This is what Paro's advisors said to him after the seven plagues. Do you not realize that Egypt is ruined? There comes a point in which rational actors understand that the pursuit of self-interest has become self-destructive and they learn to cooperate. It, 
It is, it is not so, however, with non-rational acts. Emil uh, Fackenheim, one of the great post-Holocaust theologians, noted that towards the end of the Second World War, the Germans diverted trains carrying supplies to their own army in order to transport Jews to the extermination camps. So driven were they, were they by hatred that they were prepared to put their own victory at risk in order to carry out the systematic murder of the Jews in Europe. This was, he said, evil for evil's sake. Amalek's function in Jewish memory as the enemy, in Lee Harris's sense. Jewish law, however, specifies two completely different forms of action in relation to Amalek. First is the physical command to wage war, and the second is to remember them. So whether or not we still have Amalek around or whether or not we're still attacking Amalek is irrelevant. However, by dividing response in this way, Judaism marks a clear distinction between an ancient enemy who no longer exists and the evil the enemy embodied, which can break out again at any time in any place. It is easy at times of peace to forget the evil that lies just beneath the surface of the human heart. Never was this truer than in the past three centuries. The birth of enlightenment, toleration, emancipation, liberalism, and human rights persuaded many, Jews among them, that collective evil was an extinct as Amalek. Evil was then, not now. That age eventually begat, begat nationalism, fascism, communism, two world wars, some of the brutal tyrannies ever known, and the worst crime of man uh, against man. Today, the great danger is terror. Here, evil never dies. And like liberty, it demands constant vigilance. We are commanded to remember, not for the sake of the past, but for the sake of the future. And not for revenge, but opposite, a world free of revenge and other forms of violence. Lee Harris has began civilization and its enemies with the words, the subject of this book is forgetfulness. The Baal Shem Tov also said that. Baal Shem Tov, and these words are at Yad Vashem, that the Baal Shem writes that, that the exile it continues with forgetfulness. So as Rabbi Sachs pointed out, the story of Amalek, again, 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 a case of moral conscience has been jarred. Don't, don't let it be jarred. As Rabbi Sachs pointed out, Amalek represents the evil that, that lurks in the hearts of man, that can pop its evil head at any time in any place. One should not be fooled by liberalism, freedom, and any of those things, because we see all, all, all of those things led to the worst kind of human atrocity, atrocities in, in history. That is the mitzvah, says Rabbi Sachs, of remembering uh, Amalek. And, and, it, and it is crucial to understand our story. It is crucial to understand what Shaul was fighting. Shaul was fighting a war to eradicate evil. And, and, and he failed in, in that attempt to eradicate evil. Now, does it mean all evil from the world would have been gone? No, but a large chunk of it would have been gone from the world. And that distinction between our attitude towards the Mitzram as opposed to Amalek is so clear that, that and, and again, I mentioned Bullock and I mentioned, you know, you know, uh, uh, other people, um, you, you know, we don't, we don't have this uh, attitude towards even the Kanana where we're told to push out. It, 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 it's just this pure evilness. We, we are, we are people that do not deal well with evil. Um, it is not okay to, for, for, for evil to, um, to uh, 
to reign in in, in our in our world, and uh, and that's 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 the story of Amalek. That's the story that that must be that must be understood to understand the tragedy of what Shaul had done wrong. What Shaul had done wrong was was he he um, he had an opportunity to to make the world a little lighter on evil, and, and, and he failed. And, and his failure led to Haman and led to, to the, the first attempt at a Holocaust. And, and thankfully that one failed. All right. Well, let's, um, anyway, we, we had left off with the, um, with the discussion of Shaul and Shmuel. Uh, Shaul had, um, had come to Shmuel and said mm-hmm. that, I, that uh, I, I listened to I listened to Hashem's uh, word. Okay, so this is this was uh, we, we talked a little bit about this last week. This is a great tragedy. You can't excuse failure by saying, "Oh, we have a we have a different purpose." In other words, my 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 view on what is supposed to take place is not the same as what is supposed to take place. Uh, oh yeah, no, don't worry. Where we 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 kept the animals alive, and we're gonna give corbanos, and it's it's we're gonna have a party. We're gonna we're gonna celebrate the downfall of a mole. Shmuel says. Shmuel says, "This is that what Hashem really wants." Behold, to obey is better from any any kind of korban. To be attentive than the fats of a ram. For rebelliousness is like the sin of sorcery. And verbosity, and this is Pesach of Gimel, and is like the iniquity of idolatry. Because you rejected the word of Hashem, you are now uh, being removed from being the king. He said, and if Hashem has, if Hashem has, has shown, um, uh, has rejected you, uh, you know how how can I go and and return and, and participate in what what you wanted to do? Now um, I mentioned um, at the beginning of this parak the three mitzvahs that that Klal Yisrael were commanded upon entering Eretz Yisrael, and one of them was to appoint a king and and then destroy Amalek. So basically, what Shmuel said to him is that your whole purpose and your whole existence was to fulfill one, two out of the three major mitzvahs, and you failed, uh, basically. As they, they, their part was to point the king. Your part was to destroy Amalek, and, and it just, you know, it just all went, uh, all went down. So page 98, if you're in the art school. Vayomer Shaul el Shmuel chatasi, ki avarti es pi Hashem es tebarecha, ki aresi es ta'am ve'eshma v'kolam. So Shmuel, Shmuel says, I'm sorry, Shaul says, I have sinned. 
I didn't listen to Hashem. I was afraid of the people, and I listened to that. To that, Nesudat David says, he said, he said, see, he said, he said that I, uh, you know, I, I listened to the people and uh, I was afraid and I was afraid uh, and I rebelled and I rebelled against Hashem. As Radak says, that you have said to me in the mitzvahs of Hashem. The Atah, he says, Sana Shatasi, he said, he said, forgive my sin. You know, um, I think it was in the daf yesterday or the day before, where the Gemara says, so so uh, I mean it's in the daf. The Mishnah says that on Cholomoid, you're allowed to do what's called Sarchi Rabbin. Means you're allowed to do certain things. Um, that maybe the individual is not allowed to do for the sake of of, of the public. If there's a, a problem on the public road, you're allowed to repair the public road uh, on Cholomoy. But an individual, um, if, if it's Tircho Yusera, if it's intense work, he's not supposed to do that on Cholomoy. Now, I, I, just uh, to compare the, the concept, but when it came to the public, we do everything we need to do for the sake of the public. Um, to compare to compare the concept here, what 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 the what what the Novi is telling us is that a private sin, fine, you know, you, you can do you could do tshuva, but 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 you you were responsible for for something that had impact on the entire Klal Yisrael, and and when when you have when you have when something has impact on the entire Klal Yisrael, it, it doesn't work that you could just say oops. I, I, I made a mistake, right? Because also, also, um, you know, you know, we say that when you there's there's a whole Hashem aspect of this here too, because because it's almost like like Shaul was saying that you know what I did is more important than what than what Hashem was telling me, and that's Chol Hashem, and Chol Hashem there's no tshuva, and because you can't, how are you going to undo the Chol Hashem that you uh, that 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 you made? So. So that's that's part of the, the tension that's taking place over here. Shmuel El Shmuel says to to, uh, to Shaul, I will not return with you. Because you've rejected. By the way, Ma'asta means a lot more than rejected. It means that you despise the words of Hashem. Mius, it's a it's a, a mystic thing. Like you saw the words of Hashem as something disgusting. Uh, and therefore Hashem is going to take you away from, from being the king uh, uh, of Israel. Oh, so, and, and then and then it's and Shmuel then turned away to leave. Uh, and, and so it's actually unclear what exactly happened here. The simple meaning is that Shaul grabbed onto Shmuel's garment and, and, and he tore it. Some say it's the other way. There's very interesting tension here. Lefip Shuto Mashbo, I'm reading Rashi. 
the simple understanding is that Shmuel turns away and Shmuel grabs him by the, the garment to, to keep him. Um, because Shmuel was Shmuel was Shmuel was requesting from him so so he he was asking he was asking him to uh to to do to do tshuva uh, that you know he wanted Shmuel to go with him and and give and give the the korbanos he says in the Medrash, there's a machlokas. Some say it was the garment of Shmuel that was torn. Or some want to say that that no Shmuel tore Shaul's garment. And he gave him that. Uh, the one who will cut your garment, he will rule in you. We'll see. We'll see later in the story that that um, David that David um, cuts um, a piece of Shaul's garment when he was chasing him, and Shaul says, "I know from the fact that you cut my garment that you're going to be the king." So Rashi says. That was the simon. So according to that opinion, it was actually Shmuel who cut Shaul's garment as a sign. Remember this sign. The person who's go, who, who will cut your garment in the future, he's going to be uh, the king. He's going to rule over uh, uh, over Klal Yisrael uh, in, in, in your place. So it's very interesting, this, uh, this whole idea. This whole idea. Right. Now the Radak has another view. Listen to the Radak. The Radak says like this. Okay, so that's the simple meaning. Some say that that uh, Shmuel cut the garment of Shaul. As we said, as Rashi said, that whoever will cut your garment will rule after you. The Yeshom relates to this. Kishmuel karami loshel atzmo. Some say that no, Shmuel cut his own garment. Shekei darkad shel shadikam liyos korim b'shash eniti asan meshubachas. What a what a term in the Radak. The Sadikim tear their clothes when their plantings are not are not beautified. Meaning, meaning this when when the seeds that they planted turn out to go bad. So then, so then uh, they, they tore their own clothes. So that's a third view on, on exactly what happened. The first view was Shaul pulled, uh, ripped uh, Shmuel's garment. The second is Shmuel ripped Shaul's garment. And the third opinion is, is Shmuel himself tore Kriya. Uh, Kriya, is, of course, is a symbol of, of an end, of a failure, of Avelos, uh, of, of, of all the many, many different things. So that's a, a fabulous shot that the Radak brings down. Uh, to, to this idea. Right. Uh, and the Mesudat David says that the tearing is a sign. Hakriyaha, he, 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 Siman, Shekvar, Korah Hashem. 
right? The Mitzudat David points out that the symbol of the tearing of the garment was that Hashem is already the, that the the the, uh, the I say it the the movement uh, away from Shaul has already begun, and the search for the for the successor, which of course we know is David Amelov, um, has already is already in has already come up and is already um, in in process, and that's what uh, and, and, that, and that's what he says. Hashem has torn away um, your kingdom today. And he's given it to someone who, who was better, better than you. So tough, tough comment. Zeu um, David, of course, the, the Masudah David points out. Uh, but it's a tough comment, like like uh, that. Whoever is good, he's going to give it to is going to be better than him. You know, it's very, it's very, it's very, it's very interesting that when you look through Sefer Malachim and uh, Mr. Shem, uh, maybe at some point in history, we'll 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 get to Sefer Malachim. Um, if you look through Sefer Malachim, Dovin Melech is the litmus test of all the kings. If you're good, you were like David. If you were bad, you didn't make it to David. And that's and, and it's fair. And, and many times it says that Vayasa Hashem kedavid kedavid aviv. You know, he he did what was good in the eyes of Hashem, like 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 what David did. And and, and when it says Lareachah told me Mecca, the person who was better than you, it was true, not just as a as a knock on Shoal. But but David Amelah, as, as we'll see, and I you know obviously a lot to say about David Amelah. Um, um, he he will, will embody everything that 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 Melech Israel is supposed to be, uh, and and what's what will be his greatness is his ability to rise out of mistakes, and and he and we know he made a few, and and some of them were were, were big, but but he but the way he rises out of them is what really makes it him. Him special, and what makes him the true descendant of his great grandfather Yehuda, who who knew how to say who knew how to say Sarkami many. So uh, anyway, so, so that's very important. Anyway, just very just interesting this whole this whole exchange between Shmuel and Shaul. The eternal one of Israel. Who's Netzav Yisrael? Obviously, Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Lo Yishaker does not lie. The Lo Yinachem and does not relent. Kilo Kilo Adam Hu Yinachem. For he is not human that he should relent. What does that mean? So Rashi says, Im Tomar Ashuv Meavoni Lefanav Lo Yolu Ol Litola Samulcha Mimishenas Nolo. So it, and if you Rashi says that what Shmuel said to him as if you think. Uh, if, if if you think um, that you could do tshuva, I won't help. Because the Kodesh Baruch has already decided he's going to give it away to the person uh, who he lost. As the Masada David points out, it's gone. You're done. Already set it up for someone else. 
and he will not lie in his promise. He will not relent after time. Because he's not like people. People can change, can change their mind. This is a reminiscent of the Gemara Mbrochus about Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai. So, so the Gemara tells the story that Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai was, was sitting on, on, on his bed, deathbed, and he was sick. He knew he was going to die. Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai lived a very long life. And, and, and um, he's on my, my my top ten people uh, of uh, of the the greatest people in Jewish history beyond the obvious people. My list does not include Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, and Aaron because those are obvious. But I'm saying, but but beyond those people, um, he's one of the, the top ten people uh, ever to live. Uh, anyway, and he was a very long life. He was very old when he died. And the Gemara says that when he came when he came in that his Talmidim his Talmidim um, Found him crying, and they said to him, "They said to him, you know, Rebbe, well, you know, why are you crying? You know, they called him the number of adjectives: Patisha Chazak, the strong hammer, Amud Hayimini, the the right pillar. Uh, you know, were tremendous accolades for Yochanan Mezakeh because he 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 was. Uh, there is not even a question that because of what he decided, what he did, and what he decided, we're sitting here today. There's not even a question about that. That is not even a debatable fact." Uh, his Tainli Yavna decision, where he understood that Jewish people cannot live without the religion, without Torah, but can survive without a building for a period of time, too long a period of time, I might add. But uh, but uh, but he, but that decision uh, resonated throughout Jewish history because Torah has clearly been the the guiding force and the unifying force of all of Jewish history. Uh, anyway, so so they asked him why he was crying. So he said. He said, that he's alive today and tomorrow he'll die. If he puts me in prison, it's not permanent. And, 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 and if he kills me, whatever he does is not eternal. He says, it, he says, it doesn't matter. And, and, and not only that, and we can bribe him with money. We can do all kinds of things. When he talked about a melech, plus a redom. But Yochanan Mazagai said, but, 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 he says, now that I'm being led, if they melech, malachay, I'm malachim, he said, that whatever he does is eternal. He says, that's why, that's why I'm nervous. Rabbi Salvechik pointed out, after, uh, some people in my shul have heard me say this many times. Uh, but those who are not from the shul will, will hear it. It's a famous word. Rabbi Salavechik said that he was he was uh, upset on, on his deathbed of uh, of um, because did he make the right decision? Should he have asked Vespasian to take his armies and go home and save Yerushalayim? And, and, and he wasn't sure. And maybe, maybe now he was going to pay the price of of that because if you think about it, like like come on, what what do you work? I say the entire Jewish world forever. So what he was worried he wasn't going to Olam Like come on, like, you know modesty and humility has its limits. So and no, but that was the word that maybe he made the wrong decision. And and as Rabbi Salvation points out, so who so the Gemara says that who comes to take him to Olam Haba well, of all people in history, why Chizkiyahu? Because the Gemara says in Sanhedrin that Chizkiyahu Melech was the king 
who who where 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 the the level of Torah study and Torah education was unprecedented in Jewish history. The Gemara says in Sanhedrin that if you asked a child uh, laws of Tuma and Tahara, they knew how to answer the questions. It was an unprecedented um, um, Jewish Jewish historical educational event in his history. There were other people who had Meshulam but Rabbi Yochanan and I'm sorry, um, was the greatest. Uh, uh, enforcer of Torah education we've ever had. So he comes to greet him, to tell him, to tell him, you were right. Torah is number one. Buildings, buildings, we have carpenters that know how to, and, and construction workers that know how to rebuild. Torah, Torah and loss of Torah cannot be rebuilt. And and that and that's what Shmuel was saying to Shaul. He said, he said, the Kaddish Baruch Hu is unrelenting. Kaddish Baruch Hu is not going to change his mind later. Already, a Kaddish, the wheels are turning for your replacement. And, 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 you know, that's just something that you're just going to have to, uh, that's something you're just going to have to live with. And then he says, um, and then in Pasuk Ulamid, Bayomer Chatasi Ato. He says, I have sinned. So Shaul, um, who's just been um, <laughs> just been really put over, put shechted, uh, basically, uh, like, like, uh, like he's been told that his entire existence is not important anymore. Um, but nonetheless, in a, in a moment, uh, as, as Masudat David points out, he says to him, he says, "Avki chatosi in kozos be'aroihu sh'ata b'yos chapot chapdeni." He says, "Even though I've, I've sinned, at least show me a little ounce of respect and come and and give give korbanos with me." So, so vayashav Shmuel acharishol vayistachu shol laHashem. So Shmuel returned after Shol and Shol Davin. To Hashem. So, to his credit, to his credit, Shaul, I, I, I do need to point this out that he still gave the korbanas to Hashem. Meaning, now I don't know what animals he used. Maybe he used his own animals after realizing this whole thing. Uh, it shouldn't be a mitzvah, Baba Avera. But he doesn't go off the derech. He doesn't stop serving Hashem. He doesn't do any of those things because that's an immature uh, approach to a setback in life. Um, it, it um, he, he he gave korbanos anyway, uh, and 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 the rest of his life is going to be very challenging, and 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 we'll see we'll see he, it gets worse as he realizes that David is going to be his successor. By Yom Shmuel, but now one one order of business that that is left to be done. Hagishu Elias Agag Melech Amalek, Vayelech Elav Agag Madanos. So Shmuel said, bring me Agag, the king of Amalek. Agag went to him in chains. The bitterness of death, alas, the bitterness of death, uh, a death has approached. Says the Radak, Rashi, I, I realize now that death is upon me. Uh, Radak says that, that he says to Shmuel, I know why I'm here. Um, I'm here because, because uh, you, you're going to uh, kill me. Uh, 
and and Vayomer Shmuel. So Shmuel, now now I I, I want you to understand, and, and this is an important Jewish concept. Although we are commanded to be Rachmanim, Vaishonim, and Gomlei Chasodim, we're, we're commanded to be kind and compassionate and have a sense of shame and be and you know treat you know treat each other properly. That's all nice. But when it comes to our enemy, if we do that, then we won't be here to be Rachmanim, Vaishonim, uh, and 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 Gomlei Chasodim. And you know, um the Meshachma writes. That what why is it that 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 um that pikuach nefesh is docha shabbos? Like, like I, I I'm gonna say this a little callously because you know that's not the halacha. Why don't we just say okay, too bad. Like something happens on shabbos, too bad. You, know, you can't be mechal shabbos. Period. So 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 I, I, obviously the answer is because the Torah derachel darachel noah mechol nesibul seir shalom that the ways of Torah is, is peaceful and 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 pleasant and obviously. But anyway, but the Meshachachma says a very interesting idea. Meshachachma says that the reason why, why, why we're allowed to be Machal Shabbos with Pikuach Nefesh, he says, he says, because who was Shabbos given to? tells Moshe, I have a special gift in my, in my, my treasury and it's called Shabbos. Go and tell the Jewish people, give it to the Jewish people. Says the Meshach Chachma, he says, that's why, that's why Pikol Nevesh is Docha Shabbos, because, because there has to be Jewish people in order to be Makayim the Shabbos. So if Pikol Nevesh is not Docha Shabbos, so then, then there won't be Jewish people to be Makayim Shabbos. And I think that that idea that sometimes we have to do certain things that even though it's not the popular thing vis a vis the bigger Torah picture, in this case, like kill the king of Amalek, right? We need to, you know, we need to bomb in in in, uh, in Gaza, even though even though the, the 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 evil Arabs are putting their their rockets in schoolyards and hospitals, but we need to shoot them down because because we don't shoot them down, then our children are going to be harmed, and and, and we have we have no choice, and, and and you know the world can sit and make their moral equivalencies, but good good for them, uh, but but if they had any sense of shame. They would realize what's what's really what's really going on, and 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 so Shmuel, the most peaceful of people, is the one who kills Adam, because because Shmuel understood as Rabbi Sachs. We started off with Rabbi Sachs this the importance of ridding the world of Amalek, and 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 in order for in order to accomplish the, the goal of what Shmuel wanted to leave on the world, there has to be no Amalek. He has to set the table for David and Shlomo and all of those people. Vayomer Shmuel, this is what he says to, to Agar. Shakul is a word from the Chumash, right? What does Shakul mean? Shakul means someone whose children die in their lifetime. Um, who says that? Yaakov Avinu. It says, right? When, when uh, After Yehuda convinces Yaakov to send Binyamin um, to... Uh, uh, to um, to Mitzrayim because because Yehuda convinces him that there's no other choice uh, and, and he promises him that that if he doesn't protect Binyamin uh, 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 he gives up his olam haba and you know Yaakov is like overwhelmed by that and says what does he say to Yehuda or to his children Kasher shacholti shacholti he said he says you are making me shaku you are making me 
um, losing children in my own lifetime. And Yaakov says to them, at this point, I have no choice. Whatever's going to happen, you know, Yosef in Eno, Shimon in Eno, Yosef's not here, and Shimon's not here. And he says, what am I going to do? Shacholti, shacholti. You know, hopefully it will turn out okay. Um, and, as, you know, he sends gifts and he says, uh, uh, and he gives a bracha that they should be successful. But so, yeah, so Shmuel says, as, ma- as mothers have become childless, your sword made women childless. So shall your mother be childless among the women. David says, when you killed all your people in your evil campaigns, so you killed the husbands and the children, and the women were, were left home husbandless and childless. So, 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 so will happen to you. And Shmuel slices him and Shmuel carries out the act and destroys Agag. And with, with that idea in mind that, that he understood that, that, that sometimes to, to, to eradicate evil from the world, you have to pick up the sword. And, and, that, and sometimes that's the only way. You got to drop the bomb on Gaza because they're shooting at, at, at you and you have no choice and whatever happens there happens. And, and, and that's what it is. And that's, 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 <coughs> our, that's, that's our story. That's a story, their ongoing story that, that happens. And that's why, we, that's why, we, this is why we read this story. So Shmuel goes to his house, home. And Shaul goes home. Um, Radak says, "Give us Binyamin." It could be the the uh, valley, the the hills of Binyamin that was uh, described. Ubana Sham Shaul based in Melucha, and Shaul built a palace there. Lefiqav Samgleilo. Oh, I saw Giva Cheresh Ubana also Shaul. It was another place that Shaul built. Um, and then the Navi tells us, um, it tells us, "V'lo Yasav Shmuel." The great disappointment of Shmuel says he never comes back to see Shaul until the day he dies. Because Shmuel mourns, mourns Shaul. And the Kaddish Baruch has regretted that he has reconsidered uh, making Shaul the king over, over Israel. Um, I, I think we all, we all know in life, and I think we could feel the disappointment of Shmuel Novi that meant that many of us, uh, you know, you put out something and, and, and it doesn't work out and, and you put a lot of effort into it and it goes bad. And you know how disappointed we are. Shmuel saw great, didn't just anoint Shaul as king. He saw great potential in this man. We spoke about how he was head and shoulders above the rest of the Jewish people. And I explained to you at the time that didn't just mean he was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And that meant spiritually he was head and shoulders above the Jewish. And, and, and when you see great potential in someone and that potential is not actualized, it's a great, great disappointment. And it is it is mournable, and, and and that's what Shmuel did. The great the great potential that Shmuel had, and we saw a little bit when he attacked Plishtim, things like that. 
and, and it just all, just the Amalek story just completely destroyed any hope and any potential that Shmuel had in Sha'ol and the Kodesh Baruch already, as we said a number of times tonight, was already on to the next chapter and was already getting David Amela uh, uh, in, uh, ready to be the king. Mr. Um, Shem, uh, next week, so we're going to stop, we're going to stop here. Um, that next week we will discuss the beginnings uh, and the roots of David Amelech. Um, I, I, I do want to share you a little bit of a medrash next week that relates to David Amelech and, and how this all came about. Uh, there are also tremendous lessons that we're going to learn from how David Amelech was actually appointed. So we'll talk about all of those, uh, Mr. Shab, next week. Uh, once again, uh, thank you very much, uh, as always, for coming on each and every Sunday night and lighting up my Sunday nights. And Mr. Shem, we will continue uh, with Sefer Shmuel, Perak Tazayin, next Sunday night. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. Be careful with the snow and, and stay healthy. Good night, Rabbi. Thank you. Good night. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. Thank you, Rabbi.